Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Okay, did you guys notice that last week in my podcast, I said, cleaning and organizing for people who love cleaning and organizing. <laughs> if that was your first one to listen to and you're back after all that crazy that I shared from my brain. Welcome. Anyway, I don't always listen to my own podcast, but I happened to last week and I went, what, what did I just say? Anyway, don't worry. This is for those of us who don't like it and who leave words out of sentences. Anyway, this is podcast number 225, and I am calling it Organizing and Storing Kids' Toys and More with Christy Clover. So um, this is an interview podcast today with my friend Christy. I met Christy, it's probably well, it was it was right before my first book came out, and we just related a lot. So she talks a lot about organizing. She's actually written a book uh, recently. It's called Mom, but it's like Master Organizer of Mayhem. Um, anyway, so super cute. And so she talks a lot about organizing. As you guys know, I talk about decluttering. I'm a big fan of decluttering because so many times for me and my personality type, I would get the two mixed up and I would worry more about organizing and not about decluttering. And there was no hope for me to ever get organized because I had so much clutter anyway. So you guys know that, but I have kind of owned my space as the person who talks about decluttering. So follow all of my decluttering advice. Um, but there is value in, in kids toys. And you know, it's funny because the thing I get questions about the most, and it's very possible I say this in the interview with her because I did it a while ago. But anyway, the thing I get questions about so often is Legos or our Legos, whatever it should be, whichever subject verb agreement that needs to be. I don't know, but it's Legos. I mean, people want to know what to do about Legos. And I'm always like, yeah, nothing. I got nothing because I just outlawed them in my house. And that's not a viable option for everyone. So, but on the front of uh, Christie's book, the design is adorable, really colorful. And it's, it's got a Legos or building bricks or whatever you want to call it, a design on it. And so I just thought, you know what, let's talk about this because there are a lot of you out there who have Lego issues or just toy storage issues. And so there's a lot to learn. Um, and I, I just loved having Christy come on, um, just cause she's a really fun person to hang out with anyway, and, uh, talk about some of her ideas for that. So I do want to remind you guys before we get into the interview, um, about kindred spirits over on Patreon. If you are at the kindred spirit level, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, it's the $5 a month, uh, podcast supporter level. We do have a truly lovely. And when I say truly lovely group on Facebook, I mean it like I am so appreciative. You guys we're going on vacation um, in December to Disney. And I love Disney. I'm a huge fan. And so I've joined some like Facebook groups, like as you know, planning tips and things like that for Disney, because it's a big deal to plan a Disney vacation. But anyway, as I do that, I'm involved in more Facebook groups than I normally am because I normally avoid that kind of stuff because I can't handle the drama. Like I just don't want drama in my life. I cannot believe how much drama there are in places on the internet. I know I should know these things. It's my, what I do for a job, but it has just reminded me and been like kind of in my face how 
amazing my kindred spirits group is on Facebook. So here's the deal. You can be a podcast supporter um, and a perk of that, meaning this is just one of the bonuses. There's other things that you will find at patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. But one of the advantages of that is that you get invited to this super secret group anyway. But I just I love how incredibly lovely and supportive and kind the people are, are on there. So anyway, if you want to know more about that, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay, here we go. Here's my interview with Christy. All right. So we have Christy Clover and, um, I've already kind of told you a little bit about her and about her book and how I know her, but, um, I'm excited to have you here. So let's get to talking about organizing the mayhem. So tell me specifically your life story in about two minutes. (laughs) Go. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was born and now I am. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, how did you I get love that? They're like, tell me everything about you. I'm like, oh, I'm a very complex person. Yes, <laughs> we all are. Tell me about it. Um, tell me though, how this came about. Like, how did this become your thing to be talking specifically about organizing the mayhem that comes with being a mom? Oh yeah. Well, what was interesting is that I was probably one of the messiest kids you would have ever met. I had a clearing in my room where I could jump from the doorway to that one clearing to my bed. And other than that, it was just like whatever I felt like I just dumped. And what I've learned, you know, hindsight is that I wasn't feeling like I had to live in that space. So that space meant nothing to me. Yes. But when I went to college, I started, you know, and I had other people living in a room, I started realizing that I actually do better when I have less mess around me. Mm-hmm. And so I had little glimpses of organization and like a tendency to be able, that, that's the key, to be able to organize. Mm-hmm. But I never implemented it. And, you know, I just kind of stashed things here and there. I got really good at hiding mess and, and organizing my clutter more than anything else. And then when we had two babies, we had a major move and my husband started working two different territories. He's been traveling since, you know, since before we had kids and just kind of, you know, when they say when everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, yeah, that's where we were. And it was just probably one of the most insane times in our lives. We had stress in every single area. And I just realized I needed to at least try to figure out how to control the controllable things that were happening. And the house was one of them. And so I kind of just started trying to figure out how to get more organized. And I started realizing that I started feeling a lot better when we were organized. Like I didn't feel as much stress in the other areas because it was, for me, really, again, it's different for everyone and how they feel about the mess in life. Some people can thrive with more stuff going on, but I couldn't. And more than that, my husband couldn't. It was really important to my husband to have more calm when he would get home from long trips. And then we had two toddlers and it was just busy. So that kind of started me in this whole busy, crazy world of trying to learn how to get organized. So I got books and back then we barely had the internet. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> but no Pinterest yelling at me. It was mainly just Martha Stewart. And, you know, so I didn't have as much pressure, but I was just asking a lot of friends, like, what do you do? And a lot of what they told me didn't work. And so I had to figure out how to kind of make it work for us. Yeah. So, so tell me, how many kids do you have? <laughs> Yeah. So we have five kids now. Back then we just had two and that my oldest two are 17 months apart. But now my kids, uh, my five kids range from 17 down to six. So we've kind of got the gamut going on. You do. Okay. Well, good. Because we're going to be talking specifically about toys, toy organization, because that is 
Yes. Just the reality of having kids. And I think especially for the people who are like me, who see the possibilities and everything and see the interestingness of all the different random things that come across our paths at garage sales or wherever. For me, I know personally, a big part of my clutter issues when I had, you know, my young kids, and that's kind of when I hit my rock bottom, was from toys. I just kept bringing them in because it was, oh, it was cool. I found it at a garage sale. It was a dollar. It was $2 and it had never been played with, which should have yes. told me something. But anyway, <laughs> so, and I would bring it into my house and I would just bring in and bring in and bring in and kept thinking, I've got to get organized. So, you know, my message is declutter. Don't worry about the yes. organizing until you have gotten or ever really, because just getting <laughs> down to what you can handle, you know, like less, yeah. less, less, less. But I know that that's where I come in as the person who doesn't talk about organizing. And yet there is a lot of value to, you know, just some of the strategies that you have for making things work. Okay. Let's talk about our sponsor. Y'all, I'm a big fan of working with what I've got with dealing in reality instead of how I wish things were. Our sponsor, Third Love embraces that. Third Love has created a bra buying experience that embraces your body's reality and gives you the best fitting bra for you. So their bra sizes and designs are based on data points gathered from millions, yes, millions of real women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz. And with Third Love, you get to skip the fitting room experience. Just take the online Fit Finder quiz. It allows you to measure, order, and try on at home. Third Love bras even come in half sizes so you can find their perfect fit. Third Love helps you identify your breast shape. Yes, shape does matter when you're choosing a bra and size and provides customer support through their fit stylists via text, chat, or phone. And this bra will be the most comfortable bra that you own. Straps that won't slip, tagless labels, so no itching, and their lightweight, super thin memory foam cups mold to your shape. Go take the Fit Finder quiz and get started finding your perfect bra. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. My other favorite thing too, guys, because I, I know I'm going off script just a little bit here, but I'm just telling you, I'm paranoid. Like I think a lot of us are and like, oh, what if it doesn't, guys, if it doesn't fit, you actually can send it back. They will wash it and then they will donate it to a woman in need. That's the coolest. See, there's really nothing to worry about. Okay. Third Love knows that there is a perfect bra for everyone. So, right now, they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 15% off today. The reason that I want to talk about toys. You have, your book has the cutest cover for real. Oh, thank you. Like, I just love it. And if you guys haven't seen it, I'll put a picture in the show notes, hopefully. Linda, can you put a picture in the show notes? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the cover is like all these different colors sorted of Legos or whatever brick type toys. I don't know if they're branded or whatever, but anyway, um, but they're put around there and it's just, it's really cute and it's really pretty and it's very mom like, but when people ask me about Legos, which is something that I'm sure people have asked you about many times because it's one of the biggest organizing challenges, my advice is that I don't give advice on that and that um, <laughs> I basically just banned Legos and 
made my children suffer because I was like, that's amazing. I, I couldn't do it. I mean, and it, because it was, it was above my clutter threshold. And yet yeah. the truth is none of my kids were obsessed with Legos. You know, I mean, we did try it once or twice and usually, and I can remember my oldest who has some of the same issues that I have. Um, I can remember my oldest saying, Oh, I want, I want this Lego set. And then he realized that the commercial he was seeing of them playing with it was not what comes in the box at all. You know, like it's just a bunch of pieces to put together. And he didn't understand that like when he was little bitty and he, anyway. So I basically just said, we're not going to do Legos, but thankfully, you know, my kids were all fine and they, none of them were obsessed, but there are a lot of kids who that is such an ideal toy for them as far as their personality. So let's talk about Legos. Let's talk about, um, what, are there your parameters? Like what are your guidelines that you personally have developed as a mom for what you buy? Like as far as what types of things you bring into your home, either for specific ages or kid type, or, you know, like how do you decide instead of just going, Oh, that looks fun. Let's bring it in. Like what have you found either through trial and error, whatever (laughs) works best for y'all? Yeah. Well, first I feel like I need to confess, we live really close to Legoland. So like Legos are the thing in my area. I mean, everyone seems to have Legos and I laugh because when people see the cover, moms have one of two reactions like, that's so perfect. It's so cute. It's so fun. Or like, I hate Legos. I literally, I will have like, I hate Legos. I hate stepping on Legos. And so for us, we do, I do allow, I mean, I allow Legos in the house, but I find that it doesn't always have to do with what I am allowing into my home because there's birthday parties and yeah, yeah. Christmas. And so things that I wouldn't normally want in my home, especially we, I call them house dander, those little itty bitty, like going to break in two seconds toys that we always seem to get in you know, they're the dollar store things that somebody decided to just go and buy and so we can fill a stocking or something. And that's what drives me bonkers. So as far as with small toys, be it Legos or beads, if your kids are into crafts, I try to contain it. And so if my kids, again, depends on the child, depends on the age, but if they're going to get Legos out, they know, my younger kids all know, they have to do it on a blanket. So we literally have a small blanket that they are allowed to dump out the Legos on, the Legos may not exit the blanket area because otherwise they will end up all over the house. And we find- No, is the blanket on a table or on the floor? It's on the floor. So with my, again, my younger kids play with Legos on the floor. I have looked into getting a Lego table with the little storage bins underneath and that honestly, we just don't have space for one more thing like that. You have to work with your parameters of your home and the space you have. But with my older boys, they got into those like kits that you build and, mm-hmm. and they loved it. But then I laughed because they, they built it and then it didn't go anywhere. Like they didn't, they'd play with the little Lego men that came with it, but they wouldn't necessarily play with the set. And so we have a bazillion Lego sets. And so what we've done with those is they're on bookshelves. We've, you know, hung some shelves to display them. But a lot of times if they just, I mean, I'm, I'm encouraging them, you know, maybe it's time to sell them, especially now that they're older and they don't really do much with them. And sometimes I am strategically talking to people behind the scenes before birthday parties and Christmas, like, please, please, let's let me, you are the one person allowed to buy them a Lego set this year. <laughs> I'm like, please, no one else get them a Lego set this year. Um, so with Lego specifically, again, yeah, I try to contain it. And with small beads, um, my girls love playing with beads and arts and crafts, and it kind of kills me. So we just have designated areas. They're allowed to play with those. So again, we'll get out a blanket for the floor or they're at the counter in the kitchen, 
um, playing with this. We just have set spots and I try to make them always play with something small like that in a, like something with edges. So like I have yeah. a huge old baking pan and so they literally just dump the beads in there and we'll play with them within those restraints. And that's a great idea. Yeah. Helped me. Yeah. Cause yeah. see airplanes, so you are Legos. I am the little toy airplanes because it takes stepping on those babies once mm -hmm. and you think you're going to die because the little like uh, whatever's protruding from the those propeller. Toys. Yes. Oh my goodness. It hurts. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So Basically, you're talking about containing. You're containing the space yes. that they're allowed to play in. And it, as far as times, like, are there – now, I know you homeschool, right? So yeah, I'm sure yeah. that you have, like, a schedule of, you know, this is kind of our time. But, I mean, does it have to be put away if they're not actively playing with it? Or, like, how does that work for you? What's your routine for that? That's a great question. And that's, you know, that would be a wonderful thing, right? Like, Yeah, I don't see it actually yeah. happening in my <laughs> So with beads, absolutely. With Legos, it depends because oftentimes they're mid-construction. And so if they have set it up somewhere where we're not going to be stepping over it, so if it's in, a, we do have an extra loft, which we use as a schoolroom. So if it's in a corner of the schoolroom, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it staying there. If it's in the center of their bedroom where everybody's stepping, because once you start stepping on them, they start leaving their space and they start going right. everywhere. And so I'll usually kind of verbally tell them like, okay, we need to get this cleaned up by this time. And if I can tell they're, they're ignoring it, then it's got to get cleaned up where it goes in the trash bin, which normally they've trusted me on that one um, because I've had opportunities to explain that I mean what I say with other toys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. so, you know, that's kind of how we, we've done it with the Legos. And, but right now what they are into is this stop motion app. And so they make little movies with all their little Legos and that has been their new thing. And you don't, it doesn't have to be Legos, but for, in our family, it has been these, these Lego figurines. And so I do notice that the Legos kind of end up in other areas. So it's probably time for me to put some parameters on that. But as long as we're getting cleaned up, then I don't mind as much. Okay. So it's having the space, a set space where it's not in the middle of things and not good. Because that was okay. a big part of my question was with your large projects, you can't do that all in one sitting. No. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I have friends that, like, we actually have dear friends of ours that they're living in a trailer and one of their sons loves Legos. And so they have Legos in a bin outside the trailer. And if he really wants to play with them, then he has to get the bin out and, you know, set it up outside. And then he has to clean it up because it's outside and you can't leave it. So it always depends on the space of your, li like, the space you live in and what right. do you have the capacity for? Because if you don't have capacity for Legos, then you shouldn't have Legos in the house. Right. Okay. Um, and that capacity is not just the storage of the actual Legos. It's the actual space in which to use them and the space in which to play with right. them. Or mental, yeah. mental capacity too, because like you were saying, you just didn't want to deal with them. So, I mean, if you can't yeah. deal with them, then don't, <laughs> don't try <laughs> unless it's a real passion of your child. And then that's when I would try to figure out what works. But I have a friend, again, because we live so close to Legoland, she literally has a Lego room. And that was, she had a YouTube channel that was huge that that's what they did is they have Legos. So she literally has bins with color coded of all the Legos. And that's overwhelming to me because I can't imagine storing that much, but people do. And so that's when you have to figure out what you need and, and kind of go from there. Well, and I would say with that too, you know, it's the one in one out concept of mm -hmm. if Legos are truly their thing 
and you need to honor that because that's the the type of play that just really stimulates your child, then you know they're going to have to make a choice between you can't uh-huh. if you love Legos that much, then what do you not love as much to either create right. the space for you to be able to play with the Legos or to create the space to store it. So, okay. And then I, I had the question on here, what do you do with them after you're done? Cause that's what stresses me out. I'm like, well, then it just becomes stuff. But like you said, you have it on shelves and then it becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, a limit of how much can store on the shelf. And yep, that's right. This is the shelf. (laughs) So they either have to get really creative, but then we also do have a bin. So everybody has, they have a bin under their bed And so if that is what they choose to use that space with, then they can use that for more Legos. Um, I actually like the non-Lego set Legos because we do have a Lego bin. And so everything goes in there. And so I kind of like those days better because then they just all goes back inside. And so the the Lego sets that they- You're talking about creative playing versus- Yes. Okay. Yes. So like that was, would be like just the, I've got a whole bunch of different sized Legos. I'm going to create something out of my brain versus like, here are the instructions to build a specific set. Um, so I like the creative ones better because they just, they, they get more use out of them. The other ones I'm like, so they build it and they're done. It's like a puzzle. It'd be like keeping all of your puzzles out all the time. And it's, it's kind of crazy. I don't like puzzles either. But okay. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> happen. This, this is really going to be about what drives Dana crazy. <laughs> okay, here what I'm really doing is letting you answer all the questions I don't want to answer that I get. Oh, that's what yeah. podcasts are all about. I love exactly. it. <laughs> Let's talk about Carbona. Carbona is a household brand that's been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. That's a lot of experience, y'all. They are wholeheartedly obsessed with all things clean. So they developed a wide range of solutions from laundry to carpet care that deliver impressively tidy results. Okay. So in our house right now, my kids living on their own is a really big topic of conversation that's about to drive this mama kind of bananas. But anyway, trying to embrace it. So my oldest just got his acceptance letter to the college where he's so excited to go next year, like in less than a year. So I'm constantly thinking of things that he's going to need to know and the things that he's going to need. And one of the things I'm for sure I'm sending with him are Carbona's color grabbers. So I'm nervous about him doing his own laundry. He knows how to do it, but still, come on. And I definitely, I don't expect him to spend a whole lot of time and effort sorting and doing lots of different loads because I know him anyway, but thankfully Carbona's color grabbers prevent color runs and bleeds. So I don't have to worry about that. What he can do is just throw one of these in every wash and it's going to mean that he doesn't have to do all of that sorting and separate loads and all that kind of stuff. It will keep your clothes looking newer, longer. And the hexagon pattern locks dyes and dirt onto the sheet so you can wash mixed colored laundry loads with confidence. The color stays on the sheet, not your clothes. And that's just one of Carbona's helpful products. Go check them all out. Order now and my listeners will receive 20% off your order. Live life unstained. Shop Carbona C-A-R-B-O-N-A.com with code CLEAN for 20% off. Use the code CLEAN at Carbona.com to save 20%. Happy cleaning. Okay, our next sponsor is TrustandWill.com. With TrustandWill.com, estate planning is simplified. Spending just a few minutes online, you can gain peace of mind, protect your assets, and your family. I tend to wake up around 2 or 3 in the morning and have a really hard time going back to sleep. 
my brain starts obsessing over things that I need to do. And one of the most consistent obsessions used to be that my husband and I didn't have a will. I knew we needed to have one, but the thought of trying to figure out how to go about making one totally overwhelmed me. So I was really excited about this podcast sponsor. The process that I have now personally been through is so simple and it gives me so much more peace of mind. Thanks to trustandwill.com, you can finish in 10 minutes completely online and they have people available to instantly answer questions. Seriously, it is so easy. So it took my husband and I longer, but only because it helped us have really great discussions that we needed to have anyway. So, I mean, it was worth it. Okay. But don't stress. My very favorite thing about the trustandwill.com process is that many of the answer choices identify one of the answers as most common or something like that. You guys, I'm an overthinker and I love knowing there aren't trick questions. Like that alone helped me so much on the website and this whole process. Um, And it's a very simple, simple online process. Do it for your family. Do it for your loved ones. Guardianships start at $39, wills $69, and trusts $399. And they are offering guardianships, wills, and trusts in all 50 states. Take 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash clean or entering promo code clean at trustandwill.com. Yes, my listeners can take 10% off by going to trustandwill.com slash clean or entering promo code clean at trustandwill.com. So tell me though, I want to go back to each kid has a bin under their bed. So I want you to tell me how big the bin is. What is it clear? Is it not clear? Do you raise the height of their bed for it to fit under there? Tell me how that works. How do you work with kids who have bunk beds, things like that? Yeah. So my girls have bunk beds. My son has a trend. One one of my boys has a trundle. And the other day, because we were just reorganizing and his bin was working in one spot. It's an under the bed bin. So it's like the long rectangular bin. And yes, I have raised beds in order to fit that thing in there because (laughs) it's got to fit. I think they're all clear. It was really whatever I found. I like clear because you can see it um, and I know it's in the bin, but then there are also times when I don't want to see it. And so I, I mean, so I kind of am weird and strategic in how I, do I want it clear or do I not want it clear? Because sometimes I really need to store something strategically and not look at it and and mess with it over and over again. So with the kids, they have a small like shoebox that they keep inside of their large plastic under the bed bins. That's where they keep like cards and notes and special things to them. It's kind of their like, you know, it's their special bin. So that's where Mm -hmm. they're going to keep their special things. And other than that, we've got had everything from skateboard parts to, you know, my girls keep their dolls in there. And so we try really hard to limit everything to just that, but it never fails because, you know, we get Amazon packages and those box come and if I'm not watching carefully, my younger girls, they will get the boxes and I will find boxes and toys all over inside. I mean, like they'll just stuff them places. And so I actually have noticed that I have to take apart the boxes quickly because <laughs> they will. They're like, Oh, look, another play toy. Oh, I can paint it. Which, you know, it, that's, I think always the struggle for me is balancing the creative side and allowing my kids to be creative and not losing my mind, you know, like having stuff everywhere. Cause with seven people in the house, you turn around and it can be a bomb has gone off and then it just so, feels crazy. So, <laughs> so what do you, so your girls like to paint the boxes. 
how do you limit at what point? Okay, that's enough. Or do you do the, you can paint this box, but the one that you did last week needs to go because now you're, this is your new one or, you know, what, how do you manage that? Yeah. So my favorite little mom toy hack is we take pictures. So if my girls have created a wonderful masterpiece and they are done with it and they're no longer playing with it and they want to make a new masterpiece, then we take a picture with the old one and we get rid of it. And so my kids kind of, and that's what we do They uh, with our homeschooling. We have a co-op that we belong to. They have this amazing art class they're part of. So they're bringing home clay sculptures and, you know, like all parents deal with that. Whether it's, if you're, you know, a church going family, then you're bringing home Sunday school arts and crafts. If you've got younger kids at you know, school, they're bringing home arts and crafts. And so I feel like it's a never ending battle. And if you have a creative child, then they're continuing with the arts and crafts. And we have a lot of creative kids, which is exciting, but it's just a lot of extra. So I have an art portfolio. So my kids know to put their art. We have like, because we homeschool, we have an inbox for anything that gets created. And then they have to pick. I literally put the pile in front of them and I say, you pick your favorites. And then I get to pick my favorites. And then we're usually left with fewer things, whether it's like a drawing or something like that. And then that gets stored in the art portfolio. And the art portfolio is literally like, I think eight years of, you know, space in there. So my older boys do have a second one, but we keep those just, we keep those in the schoolroom, but they're, they're not very big. Um, so right. you can kind of store them away. And if something is too big or too clunky, then again, we, we do a picture. And then we do have a memory bin. It's like one bin for each child, but that is like everything. So it's got to be like my very favorite has a story behind it, you know, piece of art that we save, you know, and then like they, if they want to decorate with it, cause they honestly, now that I have a 17 and you know, 15 year old, I'm not, they, they lose interest in their art and they're ready to get rid of it at some point. So it's kind of managing in that way. I kind of threw a whole bunch of different things, but that's how we've found success is if you can't put it somewhere on a shelf where it's not going to look chaotic and it's going to accentuate that space. So maybe you're decorate with one piece of like clay art in one spot. Mm-hmm. then um, we take a picture and, <laughs> and it goes away. Well, and it naturally sorts things out. You know, I mean, yeah. the picture is kind of a, hey, I'm honoring the fact that you did this, but it's my whole container concept of, you know, it just naturally sorts things out when you are yeah. able to say, put your favorite things in here, even when it's something that you absolutely loved while you were making it. You're like, well, I actually like this one better than that one. And I don't need yes. to every single thing. And you're right. I have... Um, 17 year old and a 16 year old. And they, they, what I find too, and I think this is true for myself as far as growing up and things that I thought I was going to be sentimental about. I look back and I realize, oh, I remember this experience of creating this one, these other things. Huh. I don't remember that. You know, you just don't retain all of those memories, even though the experience of it was fun to create. So Okay, so this sponsor is one my son and my husband were absolutely thrilled to try out. Like, what's this, mom? Cool. This, not that my husband calls me mom, but you know what I mean. Anyway, um, Kettlebell Kitchen doesn't see meal planning as a one size fits all. And this is why they offer a personalized solution. So they sent us an insulated box with pre-made healthy meals in it. All I did was just take them out of the box, put them straight into the fridge, and then they were super easy to heat in the microwave and eat. We got things like huevos rancheros. 
and other breakfast things, um, wild salmon cakes and my husband's very most favorite that he sent me, I think three different texts about saying, this is so good. This is so good. Um, cause he had grabbed it and taken it to work with him were the bison beef sliders. So Kettlebell Kitchen was founded by two army veterans who are also brothers and a chef with a mission to help people change their lives through food. Their team of nutritionists will help you create a sustainable health plan and honor your body's unique needs. Whether you're slimming down, bulking up, or just looking to fuel your day, there's a plan for you. Plus all their meals are free of dairy, soy, and artificial sweeteners and made from ingredients naturally free of gluten. Feed the champion in you with Kettlebell Kitchen. Go to Kettlebell Kitchen, that's K-E-T-T-L-E-B-E-L-L kitchen.com and enter code CLEAN for $25 off each of your first two orders for new customers. That's $25 off each of your first two orders at kettlebellkitchen.com, code CLEAN. Okay. So let's talk about toys in general. We've got a little more time. How do you set limits on toys? We talked about this um, as far as your containers. Now, is that all of their toys or are there also general everybody areas for toys? You know, that's honestly changed the years. It's dependent on the houses we've lived in. It's dependent on which, who's sharing a room, who, you know, <laughs> all yeah. those different things. I used to have these cute little plastic containers that was like an open container thing. And I had those labeled. And so my boys knew where to put things um, in that. And then that kind of worked its way out of our home and we got rid of that. So we have a lot of different areas and it depends on each room. So we, this is one thing that we've done with toys. We have upstairs toys and we have downstairs toys. And I really try to kind of keep that normal unless they want to bring down a container, um, you know, or bring up a container because I try to keep all the small, crazy, like get everywhere toys like the Legos upstairs. And so that way, you know, especially since our everyday life is happening most of the time downstairs, I'm not tripping on all these little tiny pieces. And so they kind of know, like right now in this stage, they know where they can play with Legos or do their beads or do whatever the small little crafty things are. And then we have bins downstairs that you know, are kind of our container. Like I love your containers concept. That was awesome. I love that. So right now we have two baskets that kind of are, are free for all. I used to have it like boy toys and then the girl toys so they could kind of keep their stuff separate. Like my teens, they, they're not into toys anymore. It's right. the younger kids really. Um, and now those are kind of free for alls. Really, as long as the toys get put away in those bins, I'm happy. And so we have those two baskets downstairs and then we'd have a closet downstairs that have um, it's like one of those Ikea shelves that have the removable drawers yes. um, that are, you know what I mean? Those, those yes. bin-like things. And so those all have themes. I guess that's the best way to put it. So is it farm animals? Because they had a whole farm set. Are they going to be, you know, superhero things? So I try to keep things themed and easy to throw back together and easy for my kids to figure out. I think that's yeah. the key. When my boys were young, I literally made them over-organized. And I was, really, I made myself over-organized because they were too young to figure it out. And so now I've just learned that as long as I keep it basic for them, like, okay, you're going to put all those in the red one, put all those in the green one, and then 
put everything else in those baskets. And so we've tried to contain it that way, but all the smaller, more personal don't want it. This is a silly thing, but the toys that they really don't want to share when their friends come over because they're so special to them and they don't want them to be broken, those stay in your room. And so otherwise everything downstairs is shareable. That's kind of our way of doing it, if that makes sense. No, it does. Is your upstairs mostly bedrooms? Like, because I'm thinking, you know, we just have a one level. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm thinking like, like, that does not help me. No, (laughs) it does though, because it still makes sense to me. I'm just want to clarify. Back of the house, front of the house. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm just thinking like, you know, we have living areas versus bedrooms, you know, or. Right. Yeah. We have a loft. That's our schoolroom. It's funny because in this house, we do have more. We have some living space upstairs, which we've never had before, but the bedrooms are so teeny tiny. Like it's a bed. That's it. Like we really have space for a bed and a dresser in the rooms. And so I've had to get really creative. So we have a back area that we, we call it the media room now. It changes names. It's like the granny flat. And so we do have some toy storage there. Yeah. And so that's been one of the spaces that we have another Ikea shelving unit with bins in there. So that's been a great space for the kids to have a place to go and play. But the trick there is that that's where we will send the little kids to go and play sometimes if we've got a mixed you know, a mixed group of people at the house will have the, you know, it just depends on where everybody is, but if they have a special toy, they have to keep it in the room and then tuck it away or whatever they need to do. But yeah, so we do have living space upstairs enough to put some toys in there, but in other homes, they have had like some sort of a storage in their room or in their closet. How many times have you moved? I know it sounds like forever. I've moved three times since having kids. Okay. I've only lived in this house since my daughter was born. But before that, wow. it was another house. And then, um, and she's 13. So yeah, we've been here 13 years, which is crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Okay. So tell me about storing toys for the next kid to grow into. Do you do that Ooh, as a rule? I do. And I even do a weird thing mm-hmm. in that I keep a bin of baby toddler toys so when we have friends who come over who still have kids in that age range, they have something to play with. Um, so I do keep that right now that's stored in the garage. I used to keep it in this little under the stairs space. That's where my memory boxes are now for the kids because I needed a place to easily put things and I was getting tired of running to the garage. So I keep that bin out there and I only pull it in if I feel like, and it's feeling chaotic. We need some toys for all these babies who are now sitting in my family room. Um, so that is what we do for those. But yeah, I keep toys for old, older kids and it comes down to the storage element. Do have space to store it. If you don't, ditch it. Replenish with, I mean, I always have friends who are handing me down things. And like you said, garage sales, I think it was only with my first and I'm like, it has to be new and like perfectly sterile. And then after that, I got over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> and really it's like that like 18 month mark where you're like, all oh, right, I just washed this off and it's fine. So I have kept toys but now we're done having kids. And so I'm getting rid of them. And if somehow the Lord brings a child into our home again, whether, you know, adoption or just families, you know, who might just need a place to be, then yeah, maybe I will go and find, you know, something to borrow from friends who have young kids or to find, but it's not worth, if you don't have the space to store it strategically and to not be overwhelmed by it, then get rid of it. It's not, I mean, it's a toy. It's fine. I know. And they're going to come around and they're going to, you're going to find out that your favorite ones were super deadly anyway. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't I'm believe that. Everything comes with a deadly label. It is so 
funny. Everything. If there is it's any plastic true. in it, there is a cancer warning on it. So yeah, every toy that is in you know our Target has a potential to kill you <laughs> sticker wow. on it. Well, we um, I can remember a toy in our church nursery when I was little that was a sewing machine with an actual needle that no. up and down. Like it was a little plastic. It was kind of bluish greenish. It was a little sewing machine. And I just, I think about that and I'm like, how many kids actually pierced their fingers with that? And yet, I know. Anyway. Okay. Um, last of all, I want to talk about um, how you involve your kids in the organization process or the decluttering process, either one. Like how do you have a, a set time of year when you do this or is it just as needed and what kind of process do you go through? We kind of, it, it, we do it as needed. So if it is getting like overly stuffed, then yeah. yeah. Or if I'm finding that we have clutter escaping, like, you know, into hallways, into other areas, then that's like a little like light bulb moment of, oh, we need to contain this and we need to, you know, declutter and get things out. But the natural times that we do it is we typically do it before birthdays. So you were saying the one in, one out. That is such a great time to do that. And so we tried to, at birthdays, do a big purge and like get excited about the new toys coming in and like, hey, let's bless another family. So that's what we've tried to kind of mentally help the kids with. When we are giving to the Salvation Army or Goodwill, we're giving an opportunity for another kid to get to play with this. And so we'll go to a consignment shop and see other toys and say like, see, see, Kids can come in here and get our toys. Do you do it before the birthday or after the birthday? We've done both. Okay. <laughs> Ideally, I would say before, but I'm starting to notice that after has been helpful because then they have a tangible new toy they're excited about. And so then it's easier for them to let go of the other yeah. stuff. It's the not knowing what I might get and then the disappointment that, oh, Maybe I did want that toy, but that's, yeah, Christmas is another one. So Christmas and birthdays are really great times to do it. And before the school year or like kind of when the school year's somewhat underway, I mean, there's like the right time that you, you know, like the new year and all those great, exactly. I always laugh at spring cleaning. I'm like, I am so busy and tired in spring. That is the one time I don't do any cleaning. I am all about summer and, you know, because we've got a slower routine and just, just when we need it. So I know I should probably say, I have it perfectly scheduled and we do it once a quarter on this specific day, but I can't do that because I will get there and I'll be like, realistic. whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this is much more realistic because it's true. I mean, but I think what you're, what I'm hearing you say is you embrace those natural routines. The natural right. times of things coming into your house need to equate to the natural times of things leaving your house as well because mm -hmm. the house is a container and you cannot fit more. Yes. In it. I mean, I, I can't just keep adding to it, which was such a big part of my own clutter issues was I just kept bringing things in and did not register that space is finite <laughs> and stuff had to leave for it to not be crazy. Right. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, that's all my questions I had, but I do want to ask you, is there anything that you were hoping I was going to ask you? Ooh, I don't know. You're so cute. I'm like some, some deep, meaningful thing. I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that what I love everything you do for your audience and for people out there through your books. I mean, I, when I found your book at Costco, I literally got excited and oh, that's I'm why so I excited. sent a picture of it. And I'm like, people need this. Oh. And so I was like staging it so people would see it. <laughs> I know. When, when I think it's important. <laughs> just one of those, um, 
things as an author when they only send like eight to 10 books per Costco and the way Costco displays their books. I'm like, I sold a ton, but then there were some that didn't sell. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's because there were two on the bottom of a stack of 15 Mm -hmm. of a different book, you know, that nobody's ever going to find. I'm sorry. No, they they had your book stuck in this funky little spot on the book. It was the book area, but Mm -hmm. I'm so... I was literally moving things around. Oh, I did it every and single I, Costco I ever went to. <laughs> well, they were out. Anytime I see like, because I, I have this weird thing anytime I'm in a bookstore, like airport, if I see a person I know whose book is there, I'm like, okay, let's make sure people know how wonderful this is. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at least to be able to see it, to know it exists. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But no, I think the most beautiful part about what you do and even the, I think part of my motivation for writing the book was that we're not all that perfectly organized, was born with it thing. And I think people relate to that because if you're struggling with mess and chaos or just what clutter, whatever it is, you need to know that somebody else relates. And I think that's the beauty of it is that it is a constant battle. And yeah, I mentally know the right things to do, but it doesn't mean that I always do it. So I kind of have to put up safeguards. Like you're saying those natural moments. And the master organizer of mayhem acknowledges that mayhem is a thing. And that's (laughs) part of being a mom. I mean, you know, there's just, it's that whole, I mean, I have a lot of my audience who will write to me and tell me that, you know, I used to be organized and then I had kids. So, you know, for me, I had right. a strange delusion that once I had kids, I was going to naturally be organized <laughs> um, after <laughs> never having been before, but whatever. But it's just the reality <laughs> that if you add kids into the mix, it makes everything yes. that much more challenging. So I oh, yeah. think that you've just embraced that and gone with that. So your book is Master Organizer of Mayhem. Um, but I also want you to talk real quick uh, before we go about your don't you do some things about, I don't homeschool, but specifically about homeschooling because I know I have a a large audience of people who homeschool. So what are some of your things that you offer to help people specifically in homeschool organization? Oh, yes. So I have a book that I co-wrote with Trisha Goyer called Homeschool Basics. And there is a chapter in there about organizing, but I have a homeschool organization course and it's called the Ultimate Homeschool Organization Course. So that was a big thing for me is, you know, I would put into Google like, how to organize your homeschool. And I get pretty pictures and pretty pictures don't help me. Like I, I, I appreciate that people have organized their homeschool room, but that doesn't help me with my day to day. So I came up with them. Yeah. I know. I'm like, show me what to do. So that's what, I mean, I kind of set out to figure out how to best organize all the stuff that is involved with homeschooling. And so I came up with all these different systems that we kind of, we use some in some seasons and others in other seasons. And so I kind of systematized things. And so it's been really fun now that it's been out for four years to hear back from families. I've had people crying when they come up to me. They're like, I was ready to quit. And I figured out how to get things done. And because that's the hardest thing is how do you get all the stuff done? And so I I try to help people with that. And so it's been really, it's been fun. It's been really fun to, to help people with that. That's great. That's great. Okay. And where can we find you online? Online. You can find everything and all of my little linky loos to social media and my podcast and YouTube, all at christyclover.com. And that's Christy with a K and an I. So K-R-I-S-T-I, clover, just like fourleafclover.com. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me, Dana. This is fun.